This is Center Stage, putting lawyers in the spotlight by highlighting attorneys and other industry experts to help take your law firm to the next level. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Center Stage. I am your host, John Henson. And this week, uh, we're going to be talking about something that I I think is is huge for law firms. Um, I've done a little work in HR, you know, in my capacity here at Spotlight Branding. Um, and this week, we're talking about how to create a, a really good work environment. Um, and I think that that's something that's really important, especially for like millennials, Gen Z people um, who... And, and we'll get into this later, but the, the way they approach work now is a lot different than maybe how you or your parents approach their jobs. And my guest this week is attorney Lewis Landerholm, uh, and he has done a great job in, in creating great work environments in, in his firms. Uh, Lewis, thank you for joining us today. How are you, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, thanks, John, for, uh, you know, for having me. Um, you know, I don't spend as much time doing these type of um, podcasts as, as I should, because it's fun. So I appreciate it. And um, we have, uh, just to give a little background to myself. Um, yeah. So I have um, two firms, um, both in the Northwest. So I've got um, Lander Home Family Law in Oregon. We have multiple locations. And then we have Pacific Cascade Family Law in Washington with, um, we're just opening up our, our second um, location in Tacoma. Um, near the Seattle area. So yeah, we've got probably, I think we're up to 35-ish employees at this point. So um, we have a lot of fun. We have a good operation and, um, but you know, culture is the most important thing and work environment has become even more important. Yeah. So, you know, and I know I, you and I have worked together for, for several years at this point. So I've, I've watched you kind of grow from just the single Lander Home Law. And now you've got all these offices, all these employees. And so I know that you take a lot of pride in creating a great work environment. And so what, what steps and, and things have you done specifically that have gone towards accomplishing doing that? So the first thing, really, we made the commitment about, oh, three or four years ago to make sure that being open and honest about who we were hiring and why we were hiring them and really looking for fit instead of, you know, the experience alone or the warm body alone. Like, you know, obviously at the beginning when you're an upstart or you're, when you're smaller, sometimes you pick whoever's there because they're available. Um, but we made the shift, you know, a couple of years ago to really be very clear about what type of work environment we're looking for. We want a an adult environment, one where, you know, we can have open and honest communication where we, you know, have high standards, but we also have a lot of fun. And so I think it started there defining what we were looking for and really being out in front of that in, um, you know, with our, um, you know, with our employees and then building the environment that they're interested in. So we asked them a lot of times, you know, what would you like? Um, and, and doing some of those things that aren't just us imposing what we think is important because my work environment that I care about is different than what my, you know, employees who are fresh out of law school or, you know, in their twenties or thirties um, yeah. or sixties, um, you know, that everybody cares about things differently. And so we don't want to just assume that what we want is, is what everybody wants. 
Yeah. And, and that's, that's great. And so one of the things that I know that you focus on is positive mental health. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, millennials, Gen Z, you know, new attorneys, or even like paralegals, office staff, all that, you know, especially the younger people, I, I've noticed that they tend to hop from job to job a lot. And, and, you know, there's not a lot of commitment, but I think one thing that they all uh, look for and they all kind of focus on more than maybe past generations is that mental health aspect and how and, and taking care of their own mental health. So what have you done in, in that arena, you know, with your hiring process, with, you know, the, the way that you create an office environment that encourages that positive mental health? I think first, I think we're, we help to define what work-life balance actually looks like. Um, mm-hmm. We, you know, obviously we're spending a lot of time at work. And so we want the work environment to be a positive environment and have people, you know, get along with their coworkers. And that goes back to the hiring and making sure that we, we are fostering the right employees to bring in from a fit standpoint. Um, because if, if work is terrible, then, I mean, you, we spend half of our lives, you know, in, or a third of our lives in that work environment. So, Trying to make that time be a positive is, is definitely important. Um, fostering the work life. You know, we, we don't require that people work on the weekends. We have opportunities for people to work on the weekends. We have, you know, obviously as attorneys, um, sometimes for a case, they have to get things done on the weekends, right. but it's not a requirement. This isn't a seven day job. So trying to balance the, you know, the billable requirements and the revenue requirements with the, just what we're trying to allow our attorneys to have that downtime. Um, from a, you know, from a PTO policy, one of the things we changed recently is that we want our employees using their PTO for, for actual vacations and actual time to, um, to reload and to have that downtime. So we, we changed our policy to allow them to you to make up their time for the one-off doctor's appointments or the half a day that they need to take their child to an appointment or to this or that. And so they can have that flexibility within their day-to-day week. And then um, they can go to HR and say, Hey, we may, I made up that time by um, over the next two weeks. And then they don't have to use that time as PTO. Then they can reserve that PTO time for what actually matters, um, you know, to, for them. Um, You know, another fun piece that we did is a while ago, we did, um, you know, we offer um, a a monthly massage to all of our employees. Um, You know, we have memberships to a number of, it's a, it's kind of a franchise within the Portland area and they're able to just use those on a monthly basis as a, as a way to, you know, just um, recharge and and get some um, downtime. So, you know, it's the little things, but I think ultimately it's showing, it just shows that we do think about it. We aren't, you know, tone deaf to it. And we're, um, and we're actively trying to come up with practical solutions that balance both the business side and the life side of things. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I know, you know, in our, in our office here, you know, we do things a little bit differently, but still in the same sort of philosophy where, you know, we encourage like PTO is, is for vacations, use that for vacations. If you have doctor's appointments, we can work around that, you know, to your point, you know, other things are just like, if you just need a personal day, a, a mental health day, something like that, where just life is, is just overwhelming right now. And you just need a day to reset, like absolutely go for it. And, and, and people aren't going to abuse that, you know, especially to your point, you know, if your hiring process is good, you feel confident about you're hiring the right people. You're not going to be bringing in people who are going to abuse that. And honestly, if you find that someone is starting to abuse it, you know, slow to hire, quick to fire, you know, that, that whole philosophy, you know, in and of itself. Um, 
along this sort of similar lines with mental health is, is sort of that work-life balance. I know you as an entrepreneur, you know, you're constantly working and a lot of attorneys out there tend to have, uh, you know, problems with a work-life balance. Younger employees feel like they have problems with a work-life balance where, you know, to your point, um, a lot of people feel like they have to work on the weekends or whatever. So, what what sort of steps have you made to promote more of a positive work life balance in your offices? Well, I think no. I mean, first and foremost, we talk about it. We talk about it from the very beginning. We set clear expectations with this is what this is what we expect. You know, as an attorney, a fifty hour work week is typical. Um, it doesn't mean that you're going to be grinding for fifty hours, but there's just a lot of stuff that has to get done. You know, for our um, for our other positions then it's also being clear with, you know, with what were, what the expectations are from, you know, do they have to work, you know, are they a Monday through Friday, you know, 8.30 to 5.30? Are they an off hours? Are they doing things when, you know, that, that just create, um, you know, time that would be lifetime than is for work. But we, you know, I mean, really um, our employees dictate a lot. They, they can flexibility, I think is the biggest, you know, thing that we've created over time where, you know, we're still a small enough business that we can deviate from what the normal rules would be. And some of our employees like to work in the evening. Some of them like to work because they want to have, you know, a morning available. And so, you know, being able to be um, pivot and be able to um, work with them, I, I think is ultimately what gives the biggest work-life balance because everybody does have a different definition of what that is. Um, yeah. And so it's hard to pinpoint, you know, one or two things. But I think ultimately what it's come down to is building the system so that we can have our, our kind of deal breaker rules that have to get met. And then everything else, there's flexibility within it so that we can tailor it to a specific employee's needs. Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to, to step back because I've mentioned hiring a, a couple of times. And I think, you know, promoting and, and having a great work environment ultimately starts with hiring the right people. And, you know, I, I don't want to put you on the spot and giving away all your trade secrets, but you know, what are, what are some of the things that you've done in your own hiring process that sort of helps you, you know, kind of makes that positive work environment a little bit easier to, to foster and to create? So I think one of the, one of the things we have started doing um, since April of last year during COVID times um, was that has made a big difference now is we've started using one of the coaching groups that I work with. We've started using the Colby and the print tests, yeah. um, which allow us to, I'm not sure if you know, people are familiar with those, but they're essentially, they're not just personality. They're a, what motivates you? And then how do you solve problems? Yeah. And so what we do with those, with those um, assessments is when we're looking for a position, we have now an idea of who would fit that position. Do we need somebody with high follow through? Do we need somebody with, you know, more of a, they call it quick start where you can just jump in and do things. Yeah. Um, I'm a high quick start. I just, I don't follow any rules. I just create as I go. Right. And so, um, but knowing that allows us to be like, oh yeah, this person needs the fact finding. They need to have every single fact figured out before they can make a decision. So I think that's been the, the single most objective tool that has helped us not only hire, but also bring a sense of culture, you know, within the firm. Um, because now everybody has an idea, oh, this is why this person does this this way. And now when we're hiring, we use that in the hiring process to, you can create avatars with what are we looking for? What type of person do we need? 
And so then our job postings are very specific to what we're looking for. And so that we attract the right people from the outset. And we're not doing this blanketed, you know, somebody with experience type job posting. We try to filter out those people, you know, the, the hoppers, we want it to be, you know, culture heavy and, and fit first, and then we'll fill in. I mean, I'll train somebody who has the willingness and who has the fit over somebody who knows what they're doing, but they're going to cause chaos or drama in the office. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. You mentioned Colby, you know, we did that. I took the Colby assessment. I'm actually a high fact finder. So you and I are kind of opposites in, in that sense. And, and man, I mean, the Colby, I mean, the Colby literally changed my life in the sense that like, I recognize where I'm being a high fact finder at that point. And it also like, to your point, it helps, it really does tell you why people do the things they do and, and, and really gives you insight into how a position you know, can work the most effectively. Strength finders is another great assessment in the hiring process as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really cool. So one of the things um, that I know that, that you employ in your office is something called a recognition system. So could you explain a little bit about like what that is and how it works in your office? Yeah. So um, my wife is our marketing director and she um, has great ideas when it comes to you know, culture and how to keep people engaged and how to keep people excited. And so what we, um, what she developed, I can't take credit for it, was um, what we call a kudos system where throughout the month, employees are, um, they're, they're able to give a kudos to another employee um, and just for doing whatever, you know, they help me with this. There's no, there's no criteria. It's an, it's a subjective, this person was great. And so I'm giving them a kudos. And then we do a drawing at the end of the month and then that per, the winner for that month gets a you know gets to choose a a prize or whatever you know um, a, a few things. Um, so that's been that was how we have done it over time. And it was just sort of a um, one that we created. We're actually moving to a platform that does a lot of that stuff for us. There's some Motivosity is one. Um, there's another one I can't remember one of the competitors to Motivosity. Um, but it allows you to do reviews within the system. So it becomes more systematized. So it just allows us to do it without having to manage it internally. Um, and I think that'll be a good change, but that's the idea was to give employees a way to, you know, a shout out to one of their fellow employees. And it's just a fun thing. It doesn't, you know, it's not, um, it's not a crazy, you know, I think we give them, you know, $150, $200 gift at the end of the month. It's not like we're throwing millions of dollars at it, yeah. but it helps it. They like it. And it's something that just brings that extra focus that, um, that we didn't have before that. Yeah. And, and the, the more you talk about it, you know, we, we have a similar thing in our office, it's called bonusly, which sounds like it's kind of along the same lines where, you know, you have a certain amount of credits or whatever you give out every month, you recognize people, those credits kind of accrue over time. You, you, you can cash it out, get gift cards, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's a low cost thing for employers, but it's something that really, you know, makes a difference for employees. You know, it's a fun thing. Everyone can recognize each other. It's just a little bonus that they can take home with them. Uh, and so that's great. And so um, one of the last questions that I have here, um, and I've seen you do this, you know, I've seen you post the pictures on social media. You guys do uh, some team outings, some team activities and stuff like that for, for team bonding and stuff. What are, what are some of the best, you know, sort of activities and outings that you guys have done that have really been helpful towards, you know, team bonding and just that great positive work environment. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, clearly in COVID we've had to pivot and right. we're doing, yeah, we have our, uh, um, our 
firm monthly meetings where we do those all over Zoom and we yeah. do some trivia to make it fun. And so at least we've tried to do some of those things. Um, we don't do the firm happy hours because I think everybody's tired of being on Zoom um, <laughs> at the end of the day, right. like we're on it so much. So we try to you know make it short and sweet, half an hour, get in and out. Um, but yeah, in the past, you know, our best event is our holiday party. Um, we do a, you know, we do a holiday party still. Um, we give out gifts to everybody, sort of what has become the, the, um, uh, what's the right word, the, the culture or the, um, the theme of that party is Will Jones, my partner in the business and myself, we basically talk about each individual. Um, and, you know, obviously, um, as the night goes on, those go longer and longer, but it's fun and everybody looks forward to it. So that's one of the things that we still um, that we still do. We've done uh, wine tasting outings into wine country. Um, it's only about 45 minutes from our office. And so we yeah. get a bus and we do that. Um, we've done some of the local sporting events. Um, I like sports. So I'm always like, well, let's just go to a sort of sporting event. That's easy. Right. Um, but I think it, uh, again, it kind of goes back to, you know, what do employees like? And so we ask them, what kind of outings would you be interested in? Um, and so just anything that where people can get together outside of the office and they can build that connection where it's not, you know, it's not having to be, um, you know, just the grind every day is important and doing some of those. I mean, companies used to do it all the time, you know, do those outings and do the, um, the holiday parties and, and do all of these things. And we still try to do those to make sure we're not feeling like we're getting too big where we can't, you know, have those outings and those events. Yeah. Um, so then the last question that I have kind of before we wrap up here, how, what, is, what do you think has been the overall effect of sort of having this focus on a positive work environment in terms of like employee turnover, you know, because like I know hiring is just, it's, it's an expense. It's, it takes up time and, and it's different when you're hiring someone, when you're opening a new office and you're expanding, but when you're trying to replace someone who quit because either they weren't the right fit or they weren't happy and went somewhere else, you know, have you found over the years that you've done this, that, that, that has helped that, or, you know, what, what is, what have you seen with all of that? So I think the, I mean, there's an adage in as owners of businesses that, you know, a certain group of employees or a certain system will get you to one point and then you have to, you have to do a redo in certain positions or certain people in order to get to the next, you know, the next point, mm -hmm. get to the next, you know, station, essentially. What, what we've tried to do is, is bring in people now that understand where we're going and understand where the vision is and what, what the process is going to look like so that they're not afraid of that. And that's just a part of the system. Yeah. Right. And so we've done, um, we've had a large amount of turnover in the last two to three years because we made the commitment to, we need a different set of people to, to go with us to the next level. You know um, we, we had people who just change was very difficult for them and yeah. This is a, this is just a situation where we, we shield people from the change, but we're growing yeah. and we don't make any excuses that we're growing. We want to continue growing. And so now it's attracting the type of individual individual where that excites them. And the growth is a positive and not a negative. And so again, you know, making sure that we, we actively are open and honest with my, you know, some of our newest associates, I told them in the interview, I am solving the three year associate you know, wanting to jump to a different firm. I don't want you jumping at three years. And I told, I want you to help me solve that problem. And so I just had that conversation with them and they're yeah. like, 
yeah, we don't want to go anywhere. We want to be in one place. And so it just invites that conversation as their career is moving along. So they don't have that, that in the back of their head, like the grass is greener. You know, I always tell them like, no, the grass, the grass is light brown everywhere, you know, and there's good and bad everywhere. Right. And so there's no perfect green grass to go chase. And so just inviting that conversation and making that a part of our reviews, making that a part of our, you know, 30, 60, 90 day check-ins, six month check-ins, like that, that this is the problem I want to solve and I want your help with it. Having those conversations just changes, you know, changes the entire um, culture and the entire environment because now it's not a secret. You know, nobody's like, you know, they don't have to hide it when they're feeling like they're getting a little burned out in a specific role. I, my intake manager, she, you know, we just promoted her to, to our internal recruiter. She was, you know, I think feeling a little bit like, where do I go from here? And so, you know, as we have new roles coming up, promoting from within is a huge piece of it too. It's the, you know, it's then, you know, reinvesting in our current team and not feeling like we have to always go and, and bring people in from the outside. So, those little things and those emphasis will um, has had a, a huge positive impact. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, you know, we, we have kind of the same mindset here at our office, you know, I mean, things are constantly changing, got that growth mindset, you know, you got to be willing to shake things up a lot. And if, you know, change is difficult for some people, you got to, you just have to move on and, and get people in who, you know, share that same vision with you. So um, Louis, this has been fantastic. Um, a lot of great insight. And so we'll wrap it up with our famous little question here. Uh, if you had one piece of advice to give all the attorneys out there, what would it be? Um, one piece of advice for all of the attorneys. Um, I would say be, don't be afraid to go find the right situation. There are situations that are right out there. And um, just if, if you're unhappy in what you're doing, if you started a solo and you're unhappy doing that, go find somebody who has the same vision and who will allow you to do what you're passionate about and what you can still be passionate about within the legal industry with what you want to do, as opposed to, you know, the alternative of leaving the legal industry. It's out there. You just have to go find it. So that would be, that's my one piece. Awesome. Well, that is going to wrap it up this week. Uh, Lewis, thank you once again for joining us this week, dropping all of your great knowledge. Uh, continue to rate, review us on Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe on YouTube, wherever you're watching the show. Uh, we love all the great feedback that we're getting and that's going to do it for us. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. To learn more, go to spotlightbranding.com slash center stage.